الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله today's is a very profound aphorism but to understand it better we'll just have to remind ourselves of the previous one where Ibn Ata'illah says رُبَّمَا أَعْطَاكَ فَمَنَعَكَ وَرُبَّمَا مَنَعَكَ فَأَعْطَاكَ Sometimes Allah gives while depriving you and sometimes He deprives you in giving. So the idea of that was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes gives us something but because of that He deprives us of something even more important. And sometimes we don't receive something and we feel bad about it. But actually in that, there's actually betterment in that for us. So, <clears throat> once we've understood that, then what he says next is uh, the aphorism for today. He says, مَتَى فَتَحَ لَكَ بَابَ الْفَهْمِ فِي الْمَنْعِ عَادَ الْمَنْعُ عَيْنَ الْعَطَائِ Which is, مَنْ فَتَحَ لَكَ بَابَ الْفَهْمِ فِي الْمَنْعِ Really interesting statement. He says, when he opens up your understanding of deprivation, the deprivation becomes the same as the gift. A bit of a riddle, but what it means is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up our understanding, and when we come to understand that when Allah is depriving us of something, or we feel like we're being deprived of something that we've been trying to acquire we're making, we've made a huge effort to, to get, we've worked nights and days, we took exams, we tried to dress our best, we tried to woo to the best of our ability, and all the rest of it, and then we were deprived. It did not come, he did not come, she did not come, whatever it is. The deprivation becomes the same as the gift. What you were hoping would be a gift, the deprivation is the gift. But that can only come about once we've understood the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works and his system. So that's why it's very important to understand the previous aphorism. And that will be online for you to listen to if you haven't listened to it already soon, inshallah. That was, that was aphorism number 83. We're doing number 84. When he opens up the understanding of deprivation, the deprivation becomes the save, same as the gift. So what's going on here is that once you've understood, once human beings understand, slaves of Allah understand, and only a believer will understand this. You have to have some kind of belief in Allah. If you don't believe in uh, where we're going, where we are, and what's the purpose of this whole thing, then this makes no sense. Right? It makes no sense. But what's really, yeah, what's really interesting is that this is for a believer, that once you've understood that Allah has mercy, He is the merciful one. And... Allah is compassionate, Allah is benevolent, Allah is generous, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not stingy. Allah wants to give and He does give when it's appropriate to give. Once we've understood all of this thing, that means we've understood who He is and we've understood some of His characteristics. Remember, you can never understand Allah without understanding His names and His characteristics. This is why many, many people are deprived. Even those who worship so much, they don't really understand Allah. That's why when something strange happens or abnormal happens, they freak out. Because they just don't have the, the, the variance of the various ways 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can deal with people. So they've been dealt with in a certain way. So they feel that this is now different to that. That means Allah must hate me now or something of that nature. So that's why it's very important. I think the secret of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the beautiful names. That is the secret of knowing who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So once we've understood all of this, then you will know that whenever you ask him for anything, whenever you decide to do something, whenever you contemplate doing something, whenever you need something, and then he stops you, he prevents you, he doesn't give it to you. You really want this thing. Hey, I want this. I want to go here. I want this. I want to acquire this. But he prevents you. Then you will immediately understand, okay, this must be some mercy in this. This is Allah's gifting me, even though he's, prov- he's not providing me. This philosophy you can't live without. Once you understand this idea about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I think life becomes so much, so much easier. Right? You just start, tawakkul is based on this, consignment of our affairs is based on this, and happiness comes from this. Subhanallah. Then you will understand that Allah is not preventing it from me due to any kind of miserliness or because He's unable to. Right? That he doesn't have the ability to Or because he's really ignorant and unaware of How good this thing is for me You know, this would have been so good So many people have told me You need to get this That's the car you need Or get this job Or move into this place Or do this So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is neither ignorant He's neither uh, impotent and unable Neither is he stingy And neither is he heedless and unaware He knows exactly what he's doing It's not that he's so concerned about so many other people, are so busy with other people that he doesn't have time for you. No, he has time for every single individual, individually. So then why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prevent it from us? Because that's his, that is his understanding. That is the way he knows it should be and it's better for you. This is actually the completing of his bounties upon you. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the greatest insight. He has the greatest awareness and he knows what the best solution, conclusion and ending is going to be. And here we have the verse of Surah Al-Baqarah which is uh, verse 216. <laughs> Perhaps you dislike something whereas it is better for you. And sometimes you love something but it's actually worse for you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows and you do not know. You just know the immediate. So sometimes we're considering a matter. right? If we open this up a bit more. Sometimes we're considering a matter and we think this is the best matter for us. This has the greatest uh, source of welfare. This is the most profitable item for me. But then it actually then turns out to be against us. I mean, we've got experiences of this in our life, that we've done something and it actually just was wrong. We took the wrong path. We disobeyed ways. Right? The app. And then we got punished because we got stuck in traffic. Um, somebody told us to do something, we did it. But then it was wrong, it was misinformation. You bought a product and it actually didn't turn out very well, but you thought that was the best product. 
right? There's a restaurant you went to to eat and you thought, man, this is it. But then it actually turned out to be quite sad and disappointing. So, in fact, you also, we also know in our life that sometimes there's a difficulty that happens. But at the end of that difficulty comes out some goodness. We were hating it in the beginning. But then after that, mashallah, oh, this was well worth it. This was well worth it. Should we go to Jabal al-Rahmah on the day of Arafah? And then you start going out and the heat, the dry heat is just upon you. And you're like, man, I shouldn't have left my camp. The cold water, the AC and everything. But then when you get to the Jabal al-Rahmah and then you enjoy. Likewise, Hajj itself is difficult. And there's a lot of people starting, man, where am I? And you get to the tents of Mina. But by the end of it, you wish you'd done it so many times. So there's so many cases like this, where you find numerous benefits through difficulties. That's the nature of the world. And then there's also other cases where you find many difficulties where you thought something was going to be beneficial for you. You actually lead your... There's so many people who got married to someone superficially, thinking that one particular characteristic they had was the most amazing characteristic that they were going for. They were blinded by everything else and got married and then spent the next five, ten years in misery. They can't stay in and they can't get out. Subhanallah. Sometimes they can't get out and they can't even stay in. Allah prevent us, Allah protect us. So many times benefits and gifts are hidden within difficulties, within challenges, within calamities. So much, so many times that has happened. And sometimes there are so many challenges that are hidden within what is perceived to be a benefit or a gift or something that you really enjoy. Sometimes we have benefited at the hands of our own enemies. They were doing something out of aggression, but it turned out good for us. Sometimes we've also been harmed by our best people, by our own family members, by our most beloved. Sometimes out of their foolishness, sometimes out of something else. They say that half of the misery of the world can be avoided if you just don't put your hope in the wrong people. And the other half can be avoided if you don't have doubt and suspicion about good people. That's where most problems come from. But I think, in, I think for most people, or many people, you do have to have some of this to be able to learn the wisdom of getting it right. When a person has understood both of these things and they avoid being suspicious of the right people, and they avoid trusting the wrong people, then they've got wisdom. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us wisdom. So anyway, then he says, yes, we've been hurt many times at the hands of our own beloved ones. And sometimes a lot of goodness and happiness and joys come from where we thought there was going to be harm. And sometimes a lot of harm comes from where we thought was going to be a very joyous occasion. That's why a, a few examples now, right? Abu al-Hasan al-Shadiri, rahimahullah, radiyallahu anhu, he says in his his, this is a dua of his. He says, Allahumma inna qad ajizna min daf'i durri an anfusina min haythu la na'lam bima na'lam. Fakayfa la na'jizu an thalika min haythu la na'lam bima la na'lam. Oh Allah, we are, we are unable, we are incapable of repelling any harm from ourselves from where we don't expect it to come, where we don't expect harm to come, we don't have the ability to repel that harm with what we already know. So using what we already know, the knowledge, the experience, what we have, we cannot even repel using that, the harm from places that we don't expect it. So then how are we going to then, we are then definitely incapable of 
doing the, uh, of repelling harm that we don't know with what we don't know either. Right? Because if we can't do it with what we know, the bit of awareness we have, then how are we going to use what we don't know because we don't know it? It's quite a complicated dua, but very profound. That's why the most important thing is ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for understanding. Oh Allah, just let me understand affairs. Let me see what the good is in and what the bad is in. Let me not be deceived by the outer form. Let me not be deceived by misunderstanding, misconception, misattribution, misrepresentation. Let me not be confused by that. The, the people with the greatest clarity that generally succeed are those people who have clarity, who don't generally get bowled off their feet by something that seems like something else. Allah has given them insight. They have a lot of experience, either worldly experience or divine insight or both. If Allah can open that up for us, then inshallah the first marriage proposal that you make will be the right one. The first person you get married to, inshallah will be the right one. The first business that you do, inshallah it should be the right one. You may still have some setbacks in some cases. But it works, life helps. In that sense, Allah, this tawfiq is really important. So whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, O people of iman, remember this is only for people of iman who have consciousness. You have to have that belief. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open up the door of comprehension for you regarding why He prevents certain things from you, then you will know the good and bad in things. And you'll be able to perceive that, inshaAllah. And you will have better insight. And now, when He does prevent something from you, you've tried your best but you didn't get it, then you will realize that that is the bounty, that is God's gift. That he's prevented it from me. That is the best thing that can happen for me. There's so many people who used to do a certain job. And they were very happy in their job. And then they lost that job. And they felt extremely sad. Right? Because they knew nothing else. They've been doing a job for years. It was giving them a certain amount. And it had a bit of difficulty. But they were willing to undertake that. Because they had not much else to go by. They didn't really care about anything else. And then one day they lose their job. When they lose their job, now they've become unstable. They've been destabilized. What they knew, the routine they knew for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years has been spoilt. They think the whole world is caving down upon them. What sin have I committed? What wrong have I done? Why am I now so despicable in the sight of Allah? But they make an effort. They start praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they come out with a better job. It probably pays them more, it is more convenient, it is more easy, it is better for their heart, it is better for everything. But they would never have done that new job had they not been fired from the first job or lost that first job. Somebody recently, they had a property uh, that they were renting out, a commercial property. And one part of it, it started leaking. And then they brought the people in and the uh, engineers, whatever, in and they said, this is very dangerous, this is, could cave in, you need to knock this whole thing down and you need to rebuild it. It's going to cost a few thousand to rebuild, but it's just going to be a small place. Now, somebody then gave them the idea that why don't you take it down, you're going to have to spend a few thousand anyway, spend a bit more and extend it and make it into something that you can rent out for more money. And within a year, you'll be able to remake the money that you spend in making this up. So they thought, 
that's a good idea. I'm going to spend that much. I'll spend maybe double or triple the amount, but I should be able to make that up and I can then rent it out. Now they're thinking to themselves that we would never have done this. We would have kept it the way it is and just got the small amount carried on. Now this difficulty came upon them. They felt really, really bad. Right? This was a challenge because you have to put all of your energy and do something, but something inshallah better came out of it. It happens like this a lot of the time as long as you're positive in the way you think. How can you turn a bad thing into a good thing? How can you turn a setback into a greater opportunity? And you know, this is not just the spiritual aspect. The spiritual aspect just helps you to manage it and increase your love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's, a, it's something that successful people end up doing all the time. If, if you look at a lot of success stories, they actually say that we would never have done this initially what we've embarked on doing this project, this company, whatever, it actually came out of a lot of chaos. I lost my job. So then I decided that, uh, and there's been lots of companies that have started up where they used to work for somebody, they lost their jobs, and they decided to do it on their own, and mashallah, they became bigger than the others. A lot of success stories are actually like that. But from a spiritual perspective, is what we get is managing the hurt, the setback, the deprivation, and realizing that no, this, there's something good in it. So you don't feel sad. You don't feel sad. That chaos in your mind doesn't happen. Chaos in the world happens. But in your mind, you're quite content. You're going to have to make an effort, but you're quite content. You don't freak out. And that's very, very, very important. For example, let's, let's look at this, right? A simple example. You've got a child. MashaAllah, we have some children here. They've seen some really good food. Now, this, inshallah, is never going to happen to our children. You know, not at this level. A child sees some food, they're going through and they see some food or some sweets or something like that and it's poisoned. Now, as I said, I doubt we're ever going to come across this kind of an example, inshallah. But hypothetical example, there's some poison in there, it's very harmful for you, right? But it looks beautiful, it looks really nice. And you show children ice cream or you show them sweets and they're just candy and they want to go for them. Now, the father knows what's the problem in there. The father knows what's in there, right? So every time the child is trying to grab the food, his father is moving his hand away. And the child then starts to cry. Why don't you let me have that? I want that, I want that, I want that. Because he doesn't know, that's why. If he had tasted it once and he made him sick, he'll know. But he doesn't know this time because he's not experienced it before. And now for, uh, the child really wants it, so he's got a tantrum, he's throwing a tantrum and the father has to now use a bit of force to keep him away because he's got knowledge, he knows this is harmful. Now obviously if the child figured it out himself and knew that, he wouldn't have even touched it. He would not have ex even extended his hand. He would know why his father, is, he hates his father right now, why aren't you allowing me to have this? Right? But when he finds out what the problem was, then he's going to thank his father. Why his father? And he's not going to know that his father was actually very compassionate and loving him. And it's his love for him that has stopped him from doing this. It's just the same thing that sometimes your father would have told you, don't be friends with that person. Don't go down there. Don't stay out, out after school and go around the corners and the back of flats or, or in the park or whatever. Right? Because... They've been through it. They know what it is. They know what poison lurks there. They know what harm is available in those places. But you don't know. And this happens all the time. 
These are just examples. We know this. So on a grand scale, it's the same thing between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember I said once with my daughter who was probably about 11, 12 or 13 at the time. 12, no, maybe she was about 15, 15, 16 at the time. And she's telling her younger brother off. Right? And I could tell the frustration in her voice and her attitude. Why don't you understand? You don't do this. You don't do it like this. It's like this. All right? And I could tell the frustration. So then I told her, I said, you know when I was telling you the other day about something and you just weren't getting and I was getting, it's the same thing. You know now better, that's why you're telling your younger brother who's nine, ten years old, five, six years younger than you, or seven years younger than you, whatever it is, right? And you're getting frustrated, he doesn't know, but you know more, that's why you know why he shouldn't be doing it. It's the same kind of attitude. So hopefully that was of some benefit. You know, hopefully that was of some benefit. But these are simple examples like this. There's another example. Let's just say that a person, he, I don't know, they say they do this in some restaurants when they don't like you or some hotel, uh, some, some uh, takeaways, they do this when they don't like you. He, he makes some food, some, it looks really nice, looks really nice, but he's put his spit in there and, and it was a gross, a bit of a gross example. He puts his spit in there and his... Uh, nose, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, mucus and, and, and other dirt. He just doesn't wash the knives or uh, the, the spoons or whatever. And then he brings it to you looking in a really nice way. I mean, you probably won't even know unless he tells you afterwards. But he's just, maybe he doesn't like you because you, didn't, you, you said something bad to them. Right? Or whatever. So when he, that's why I don't ever mess around with the waiter. Some people really mess around with waiters. I'm quite scared to be honest. You don't know what they're going to put in your food. Right? Hopefully that doesn't happen, but I'm sure it can happen. Right? So, anybody who's seen him do that, another waiter, another cook or whatever, he will obviously know that. But anybody who's not seen that, it looks like wonderful food. It's there sizzling on the coals or you know, in the plate or whatever they give it to you in. Now, if you knew what was in there, you wouldn't touch it. You'd be absolutely disgusted, even though it looks so good and you're very hungry and you've been waiting for 45 minutes for your meal. Right? You wouldn't want it. In fact, you're so hungry, the guy's bought the food. You had a bit of altercation with him before. He's bought the food. Now somebody else comes and he tells you on the side, like, be careful about the food. <laughs> Your hunger and everything is so much like, man, what are you talking about? Look at the food. It looks so nice. You probably won't even, you'll be suspicious about them. You wouldn't even want to listen to them. Right? Why? Because you don't know. You can't comprehend it. You just don't understand what's happening. Likewise, ourselves, the human being, the slaves of Allah, we go after things of this world. We want to grab them, we want to consume them. Whether that be positions, whether that be objects, whether that be goods or anything else, in which is actually harm for us. It's lurking inside, we don't realize. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, look, you can't have it. Just trust me on it. You can't have it. Out of mercy for you, out of compassion for you, out of concern for you. So if a person can start understanding this, that there must be something in here why I'm not getting it, there must be some here, you will, believe me, have a lot more time to look for something better. The calls we get sometimes of people, because they couldn't get married to somebody, now they are trying to literally micro-analyze why it went wrong and beating themselves up about it. Analysis is good so that we don't make the same kind of mistakes in the future. But to be then wrecked by that is absolute foolishness. It's gone, it's finished, let's move on. So a person needs to understand from Allah 
And when he does that, then he will just resign his affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will never essentially be suspicious of Allah. He will never be doubtful about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about his decisions. And if he doesn't understand this from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's just concern, grief, worry, anxiety, depression, and so on and so forth. In fact, sometimes a person will even get angry. A person gets angry sometimes. Why didn't I get this? I tried my best, man. Allah is probably not on my side. Or maybe Allah doesn't exist, or he's passive, he's worried about somebody else. But then later on, when it actually comes out to be better for you, then you realize the goodness and then a person makes tawbah. But then it's too late. A lot of the time, this is what happens. You freak out in the beginning. You try everything and then you can't do anything about it. It doesn't budge. Right? It do- nothing happens. Let's just say that you got an Amazon account. And something went wrong and they shut down your account And you're emailing them and you're messaging them And nothing happens You're really angry and freaked out Eventually when nothing happens And you can't do anything And no other avenues are available to you Then you're like, okay I'll just leave it to Allah now That's fine, you can still leave it to Allah But you know what you've missed? What we've missed then is the position of sabr We've lost all the reward for sabr This is no longer sabr anymore this is helplessness. You can't do anything. It's like, okay, what else am I going to do? Sabr was in the sad, in the sadmatil ula. In the sabru, in the sadmatil ula, patience is right at the beginning, in the first stage. That can't happen unless we train ourselves for it. And we can't train ourselves if we don't understand Allah and the way He works. That's why we're discussing this. This will give you more sabr. So the next time it happens, you'll be like, it might take away, you might freak out in the beginning, and then, then you'll realize quicker than, than sooner than later. That, no, 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 let me take it easy. It's not worth it. Let me take it easy. It's not worth it. Nothing's going to change if I freak out. So you miss the reward of the patience if you don't do it right from the beginning. There's a story said about this guy who used to live in the olden days, in earlier days, maybe even someplace in the world you could still have this, right? Is he used to live in the outskirts of the city. There wasn't any lights at nighttime. You had to have your own lamps and things. And he was of the Arifin. He was a person, mashallah, had the awareness of Allah. He was a righteous, very righteous person. And what, what happened on this single day is that three of his assets all disappeared. So his donkey that he used to do work on, that died. His dog died. Now, why did he have a dog? For guarding purposes. Not as a pet, but for guarding purposes. Because out there... Dogs are useful in the sense that they're your alarm system. Okay? So the dog died. Right? And also his uh, cockerel died as well. That used to wake him up for fajr. Right? That they, they have in their homes. So his family comes to him. And sort of the, the first, it's the, uh, it's the donkey that died. So his family came. He says, our, our donkey has died. He said, very good. I mean, it's very difficult to say that. First, you'll probably freak out, and then you think, oh, he must be some good in there. But no, he's right from the beginning. Alhamdulillah, it's fine. Right from the beginning, it's fine. That's what he said. May Allah allow us to be so quick in this as well. Immediate. Then after that, they come and said, well, the dog's died as well now. He said, that's good as well. Alhamdulillah, that's good. Then they came a short while later, and now the cockerels died. He said, that's also good, and now the heart is... The people around him, they're getting quite angry. Like, what's wrong with you? How is this good? Three of our assets have died. And 
you're saying it's all good. What kind of goodness is in there? So they got very angry. And he's like, all of our assets are gone. And um, we're still looking at this. We're still thinking that there's nothing wrong with this. Now what happened is, uh, those are the times when people came and robbed the village and so on. So at night time, there was this attack on the village. And essentially every single house there was robbed. And all their assets were taken. All their better assets were taken. And this person's house was not robbed. Why wasn't it robbed? It was dark. The only way they can tell where somebody is living, where there's an inhabitation, where there's a house, is by the sound of the donkey's braying and the, and the sound of the cockerel and also the sound of um, the dog. Because he had none of these animals, he was the only one who was saved from everything else. So they, decide, they, they figured out the next day that that was the benefit and that's what... Now, did it die for that reason? Yes, from Allah's perspective, right? But his response just made it better for them. The way he reacted just made it better for them. This is the way awliya function in this world. They have difficulties as well. His animals died. They have, they have issues, but they just deal with it better than the rest of us. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of his friends, because they just have a better, they have a better recognition of uh, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good amount of this. Um, that's why the famous ascetic and uh, famous Sufi, Ash-Shibli, he said, a Sufiya, atfalun fi hijril haqqi ta'ala. The Sufis, once you consider that you want to be on the path and want to be a spiritual person, you, are then, you then become like a child in the lap of Allah. Allah doesn't have a lap, but it's like you become a child in the lap of Allah. That he t- what do you do with children in your lap? You look after them. But first, we need to give ourselves up to Allah to be like a child. And we're worse than children, to be honest. Meaning, we are more helpless than children. And we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than a child needs their father and mother. So that's what we need to give up. That's what you call submission. And he says what he says is really correct. And they should just be calm in whatever they're... uh, with the mind of an adult to understand that whatever our parents tell us is the right thing. Right? Children don't think that. But, But adults do. So we're like children, but with the mind of adults. Right? Whatever happens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to look after them. He's going to protect them. He's going to preserve them. He's going to plan for them, for the future in things that we will not know. And He will give us that which is to our best uh, benefit and our welfare. And they should not give themselves up to anybody but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not easy. But inshallah, with all of this that we've been discussing, it gives us some understanding. The next time a difficulty arises, we hope to be more in control earlier and sooner than later. And inshallah, one day we will always be in control so nothing will upset us in the way that it upsets us now and we'll deal with it, inshallah. This is what now Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi uh, concludes with in the explanation of this aphorism. He says, perfect intelligence and true comprehension are only bestowed on the arifin on those who uh, have a relationship with Allah and become aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Others are deprived of this treasure. This treasure constitutes the fortune of this world and the next. It's the way of this life. The Shaykh 
comments. He says, O traveler, if Allah Most High has withheld a worldly or religious favor from you, your heart should be devoid of regret. Your heart should be devoid of regret. In such a state, you will have intelligently understood that your state of deprivation is the very product of the divine wisdom and the mercy. Therefore, you must remain as pleased with Allah as you would have been if the favor had been best if the favor had been bestowed upon you then your deprivation is in fact Allah's gift to you this deprivation is the gift of Allah to you and it would be incorrect to think of it as a deprivation this intelligence and state of contentment are far superior to the matter that was withheld from you this is a high commodity to be able to understand it this way it's a very high commodity. It's a huge blessing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant his blessing. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarak bi adhal jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannan ya mannan. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimeen. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. يا معدن الجود والكرم يا أكرم الأكرمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المؤطين ويا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اهدنا واهدي بنا واجعلنا هداة لمن اهتدى اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات المؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات Ya Allah, have mercy upon us. Ya Allah, have mercy upon us. Grant us insight. Grant us from your benevolence. Grant us from your generosity. O oh Allah, grant us your mercy. Grant us your forgiveness. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, forgive us all. Forgive us for everything wrong we have done. All of our shortcomings, all of our problems, all of our sins, all of our excesses. O oh Allah, we ask you for complete purity and tazkiyah and purification oh Allah oh Allah especially those sins that bringing darknesses into our life that are taking the contentment away from us that is taking the tranquility away from us that is taking away the light from our lives the light from our hearts and bringing emptiness into us us that is destroying relationships oh Allah we ask that you grant us mercy grant us light grant us blessings grant us warmth Grant us congeniality, grant us familiarity and comfort, and grant us tranquility. O oh Allah, remove this pandemic from us. O oh Allah, allow us to take the benefit of this that we should have. O oh Allah, we ask that you make your obedience beloved to us and your disobedience hated to us. And O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us better days in the days to come. And you make the rest of our life better than the previous part of our life. And you make our life progressively better with the last part of our life being the best of our life oh Allah remove the difficulties from in front of us allow us to understand your workings oh Allah oh Allah allow us to understand the way you do things and your wisdom in things so that we can find it easy easiest to submit to you and oh Allah allow us to be submitting to you oh Allah we call ourselves Muslims make us true Muslims and true submitters in every sense Grant us contentment with your decree. And O oh Allah, make, we ask for you for afiyah and well-being in everything that we have. 
and do not allow us to use what we have and what you've bestowed us with. Do not allow us to use it for the wrong reason to transgress against you. Oh Allah, protect us and our children, protect us, our, our parents, protect the entire Muslim Ummah and oh Allah, bring back humanity to the right path. Oh Allah, allow us to be of service to the faith, service to others. And oh Allah, remove selfishness, hatred, excessive anger, excessive desire from our hearts and transplant them with, good, with the good characteristics. Oh Allah, bless this masjid. Uh, the people of this masjid and all those who make this a reality and oh Allah bless all of those who are listening oh Allah bless all of those who are listening and grant them blessing in their life and make this Ramadan that is around the corner better for us than any Ramadan before it subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil adhimah